0: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of? Those, I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t shirts would fly off the shelves right now. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at Shopify.com slash arsblog. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. Phil, marca Mesuto Phil. Alexis, en el descuento, ha marcado el Arsenal, como viene siendo habitual esta temporada. Gol de Alexis, 1-0, Arsenal. This is Arscast Extra. Hello there and welcome to another Arscast Extra. As always with me, James from Gunner Blog. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. How is your Monday morning? I always find that when you've played well and you've won and Ryan Shawcross is sad, mm. that it makes for quite a nice Monday morning. Yes, yeah, lovely. It's
0: lovely. And, you know, I've got Mondays my busiest day, lots of pieces to write, lots of analysis of the game to do, and I'm actually looking forward to it. Uh, a, weird, a weird feeling, yeah. to be honest. And two weeks in a row, quite comfortable wins, Back to back off the after Southampton, so things looking up.
1: Yeah, and Ryan Shawcross
0: is sad. Sad again, which is marvelous to see. Especially mm. after we made him so happy a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's pretty much unforgivable, really. Yeah, no one likes to see that, especially at Christmas.
1: No. No. It's it's appalling behavior from from our point of view. But look, um, all we can do is try and make up for it, and I think we did that yesterday with a very positive performance, uh, a, a very exciting performance as well. In some ways, in that we played some really, really nice football, and there was some fantastic combination play uh, throughout from from the very start. It was a really, what's the word I'm looking for? Effervescent performance. Oh, it was, wasn't
0: it? It was fizzing. That's exactly the word. Yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because they turned us round and we had to shoot in the direction that we don't necessarily prefer in the first half but uh, in doing that it's almost like it kick-started our performance we came out of the blocks absolutely flying and to be honest could have blown them away I think Asmir Begovic had a pretty good game um, and without that the score could have been more if anything this morning I'll be honest with you There's a little bit of me That sort
1: of thinks Oh should we have done them Five or six To be honest Yeah I agree We could have scored a, We could have scored more I mean I think Once we got to 3-0 And I'm glad to hear The welcome return Of Laurie this morning That's that's fantastic Yes um, I think once we got To 3-0 We Not that we took Our foot off the gas But we knew the game Was more or less won And mm. in a way We did it In a professional way We didn't We didn't uh, become complacent like we did in previous games. If you think of Anderlecht, for example, there was a touch of complacency to that when we went 3-0 up. Uh, and obviously we know how, how that turned out, but we continued to control the game. We didn't let them back into it. We did have some chances to, to extend the scoreline, but we didn't need to. To play with the same intensity once you're 3-0 up. And I think after the period of football that we've had over the over the festive weeks and the uh, the fixtures back-to-back, I think that was probably sensible too.
0: Yeah, and there weren't too many scares at the other end, were there? There was you know, that one occasion where Stoke, I think, had the ball in the net, but it was offside. But beyond that, we were very much in control. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about the, the goalkeeping situation later, but it was another game in which... We didn't learn a huge amount about David Ospina because no. uh, the back four performed very well, and with Lauren Koscielny there, we just looked so much more confident and so much more solid.
1: Yes, I think that's true, and I think what was interesting as well was that the team was selected on merit and on performances. So we saw Francis Coquelin, for example, uh, keep his place in the centre of in the centre of midfield, even though Matthew Flamini was back from from injury, and I think that was I think that was the right decision. Um, and Thomas Rosicky too You know, I
0: thought there was a chance Saren Ramsey would come straight in But, but Aston stuck with Rosicky And he's been in terrific form the last couple of games
1: Yeah, it's hard to believe he's 34, isn't it? It's
0: really hard to believe He's like piece of Pan uh, I, I, You know, he once said, didn't he? That because he'd missed so much football His football age was considerably younger than his real age um, He's like the sort of inverse Oberfamey Martins Or something, I don't know But like, <laughs> he... Um, he 's got so much energy it 's unbelievable and he in some ways, he reminds me of alexis because he 's got loads of skill but he 's also prepared to work incredibly hard and it just it 's incredibly useful I think that uh, it's difficult to see him coming out the side at present.
1: Yeah, right. So let's touch on Alexis. What what more can we say about him that hasn't already been said, that we haven't said on this podcast, that hasn't been written by by us or countless other Arsenal fans or pundits or, or everybody? He is just an amazing player to watch, isn't he? Because what struck me yesterday, aside from the goals, aside from the assists, aside from the five chances that he created for other players yesterday, was... The fact that a number of our attacks started when he chased back and robbed the ball off a a Stoke player. Mm. He is almost unique in world football in that regard. I can't think of another player that does what he does from an attacking point of view, but also from a ball-winning point of view, from a defensive point of view, from a from the first line of defense, if you want your, your forwards to harry the goalkeeper, to harry the defenders, I can't think of anybody else who does what he does.
0: No, I can't either. And in some ways, that's why he's so perfect for us because, you know, there are other great strikers out there in world football, but no one who contributes as much to the work ethic of the team, to the defensive shape of the team, to the harrying of the opposition, and that's something that we lacked as well, not only did we lack that cutting edge, but we lacked that kind of, I don't know, tenacity and he's brought that in spades, he's just been so complete, so immediate in terms of his impact uh, it already looks like one of Arsene Wenger's greatest ever signings and the fee, which at some time at the time some people questioned looked a little bit exorbitant I think you wrote on your blog On this morning It looks like a bargain Mm. Uh, And A few weeks ago There was a lot of talk about Does he need to play Through the middle You know Do we need to To get him on the ball more And now he's playing out wide On the left And his impact doesn't seem At all reduced Wherever he's stationed On the pitch He goes He gets himself involved He chases back He wins the ball He makes things happen We are very 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 lucky to have him Because I believe That in this form He would get into
1: Any side in the world Mm. Is the manager getting enough credit for that? Because we know there are frustrations with Arsene Wenger, with the business that he didn't do in the transfer market this summer. Um, But in this case, not only has he brought in an absolutely brilliant player, he's getting more out of him than perhaps any other manager has got previously. I know he had a brilliant season in Barcelona. Was it last season where he got 20-odd goals? Yeah. You know, he had a great season there. But, you know, at Arsenal, in a season where we're struggling, he has been the, the real high point. And look, it's easy to take pot shots at the manager, and there are plenty of good reasons to do that um, because of because of the way this season has gone. But you cannot give him some credit for the way that, that Alexis is uh, having an impact on this team and that the 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 team is set up in a way to to allow him to have that impact too.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think maybe the problem for Alexis at Barcelona was that There are guys like Messi, guys like Neymar who affected the dynamic of the team. Maybe his role was a little bit reduced at Arsenal. He is indisputably the main man and I think the way the side is set up is in part to bring the best out of him. But, you know, the manager does deserve credit. He identified the player. He chased Luis Suarez, didn't come off. When it didn't, he had the wherewithal and the smarts to see that Alexis was the closest possible thing. He's brought him in now and I think... We had to wait twelve months, but it was worth it because we've got ourselves a brilliant player and he hasn't bit
1: anyone yet. <laughs> so that is yeah. It's yeah. a win win. All the credit to Arsene Wenger for that, for Alexis not biting anyone, I think. I'm sure he's had a word, yeah. <laughs> um who else who else stuck out for you yesterday? I have to say I thought uh Hector Bellerin when he came in at right back. We'll touch on the Debussy thing now. But I thought Bellerin was was, uh, an interesting player yesterday in the sense that you can see that there's already a marked difference between the Bellerin that got his first start a few months back and the one now he looks a lot more composed a lot more confident and I think that's natural because he's he's played some games and he's obviously he's obviously training with the first team week in week out now uh, but I, I was a little bit worried when Debushi went off to be perfectly honest because you know he's a solid experienced player against a team that causes other teams physical problems mm, besides good in the air as well yeah besides injuring them but we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute but Bellerin came in and was I thought it was great
0: yeah, he played very well. Um, and what's interesting as well is that he he presents quite a difference in style to Callum Chambers. He's a very different option at fullback, mm. uh But I thought he had a good game. I, I, Thomas Rosicki, as I say, thought it was excellent. Santi Cazorla. He's in, in such
1: good form, isn't he?
0: Such good form. Yeah, really. Is, I mean, I think it's as well as we've play, seen him play since his first season, I think. Um, Koscielny, I thought, was typically excellent. Uh, even if I did think that he looked a little bit like he was in pain at times I think that's might, might be something that we'll have to get used to and I thought a word for Nacho Monreal who started in the absence of Kieran Gibbs who had a knock and I think might seem slightly odd, but he, he seems like a more rugged player since this spell centre half. He seems a little bit more comfortable with the physical side of the game, and I thought had another a very solid
1: performance. What's your thinking on the left back position now? If if you've got Gibbs and you've got Monreal available to you, um, heart overhead. What what what's your what's your selection? Heart overhead.
0: I think. Um, Just Kieran your Gibbs. Good, Your gut instinct. My gut instinct is that Kieran Gibbs is still the number one left back, number three, if you will. Right. Um, but I have, yeah, I have wondered. Like, I mean, there seems to me that there are certain matches in which Arsenal will put Monreal in, and often it's ones where I feel like we might come under a bit more pressure. Maybe he feels Gibbs is the better attacker, but maybe Monreal. The superior defender for me, it's it's
1: still Gibbs. What about you? Is there a bit a bit of doubt creeping in? Yeah, I, I I think I'd stick with Monreal. I mean, if we're talking about players being selected on form, hmm. I thought Monreal was really good yesterday. Um, uh, you know, I think he's his spell at centre half has obviously been a source of frustration for people because we shouldn't ever have have put ourselves in a position where he was be, uh, being played at centre-half. I don't think necessarily his performances at centre-half matched that frustration, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, he acquitted himself quite well. I think he was exposed a couple of times, but I think that's normal when you've got a five foot nine left-back playing centre-half. Um, and I think he's got an unfair rap because of that. You know, he got he got clobbered by Crouch yesterday. Uh, it wasn't quite as deliberate as the ones that we saw from Crouch at the uh, the uh, Mordor Arena, but he got up and got on with it and was not in any way inhibited by the fact that he had got a, a, a cut on his face or you know, which must have hurt because there was blood everywhere. Um, he was thumping into headers, winning those aerial challenges, and my. My gut would tell me to stick with Monreal for the time being. So. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think it's it's very it's possible. I mean, the other thing is that he, you know, gives does pick up these little injuries, doesn't he? And I think that bringing him in and out of the back four might have a bit of a destabilizing effect. So maybe until he's uh,
1: you know a bit more robust, mm. I, think I might stick with Monreal. All right, the goalkeeping situation then. Uh, mm. David Ospina came in. I think you're right. We didn't get to see an awful lot of him, and that's good. You know I'm not complaining about that you you know I'd rather an underworked goalkeeper uh, any day of the week um but given that the manager has made that decision um that the punishment for Chesney for his form perhaps, but I think probably for the for the disciplinary issue more than anything else mm. uh, is that David Ospina has been given a chance in the team now, I suspect that means Ospina is gonna stay in the team until such time as The manager, A, feels that Chesney has done his time, so to speak, or uh, Ospina picks up another injury, which gives Chesney a way back in, or Chesney literally fights his way back into the team uh, through hard work and training and and dedication. But it's it's not much of a punishment for him, uh, for Chesney, if he just takes him out of the side for one game and then, you know, puts Ospina in and brings him back for, for Manchester City. So I think uh, we're looking at a, a period where Ospina is going to be the, the starting goalkeeper. It was interesting
0: after the game, I thought, that Arsamega said, well, Chesney is our number one. Yeah. But there's competition from Ospina and Martinez. So, to me, you know, that, to me that flies at odds with him saying that Chesney's been dropped for form. I, I do think it's a at least partially a disciplinary thing. Um... But I I don't think he'll be out that long. If I'm honest, well, I think how Chesney does he, will.
1: How does he get back in?
0: Well, the fixture list might help him. In that we go to Manchester City, but then we've got the FA Cup at Brighton, and I wonder if, you know, that the cup is a, traditionally a time when Aston changes his goalkeeper. Will he use that to reintroduce Chesney? And if he performs well, will he keep his place? Mm. I, I wonder because there are a few reasons. One is that. We've seen this done to Chesney before. We've seen him taken out the firing line for a few games. And he generally comes has come back in in the past after that. I think that Osomega uses it as a little bit of a tactic to refocus a guy whose confidence can maybe occasionally get the better of him. The other thing I think is that I just don't think he's ready to jettison Chesney by any stretch. He's invested something like eight years in his development. And I think he really does believe in him as the number one goalie. I just think that it's a little bit like when Olivier Giroud was left out last season for a very brief spell after that whole hotel incident. Uh, You know, he was left out the side and Arsene Wenger was very complimentary about his character and he spoke in almost identical terms about Chesney. Oh, I I like him as a guy. He takes responsibility for his actions. I just feel that like that
1: situation, this is a... A sort of uh, a kick up the backside. Sure, but in that situation, is there not a big difference between the fact that uh, when he replaced Giroud, it was with Yaya Sanogo, and with all due respect to him, he's not serious competition for Giroud's place, whereas Ospina is for Chesnais.
0: Yes, yeah. he's an international goalkeeper. I mean, you know, that's a very good point. Um, he, 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 pre- he presents more of a threat. I just... Uh, I don't know. I mean, personally, I find it really hard to talk about Aspina because, honestly, I haven't seen enough.
1: No, like, I, I, I agree. So- yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think we've seen enough to make any definitive judgment about him. I mean, Arsene has seen a lot more than us, I guess. But I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at the overall circumstance that if he was going to give Chesney his backing, he would have played him yesterday against Stoke. Now, I'm not saying that he's ready to get rid of him. I, I agree with you. I think Chesney's going to be a very, very good goalkeeper. But I just wonder maybe how often the manager feels he has to do things like this to drop him, um, you know, to 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 get him refocused, to be professional. Because ultimately what he did was highly unprofessional and showed a, a big lack of respect. So, yeah,
0: well, I mean, it's really interesting. If you look at... When he was dropped in March 2013, he spoke about it a couple of months afterwards, and he said, "Looking but looking back now, it was a good lesson for me. One that I needed at the time. I definitely have got sharper since then. I've worked harder in training, and it worked back then for me. And I've carried on doing it. I feel like I'm a bit more consistent at the moment. Right now, wow. the, the question becomes: You know, is is Arson simply trying to recreate that effect, or?" is there something deeper there? Because if if Chesney's had been taught that lesson once and slipped back into the same habits, is it a bigger problem?
1: Mm. Mm. I don't know. I don't know either. I guess we'll see. Plus, I kind of like the fact that Ospina looks a bit like a henchman. He has that Manone thing going on. You know, he's like he's like a baddie sidekick. He's got that look to yeah. him. I like the
0: chant as well, the goal kick thing. Yeah. Although... <laughs> There was some speculation around me in the ground yesterday as to whether or not uh, that might be putting him off. As his distribution sort of began to waver in the second half, people thought, people were asking, do we need to stop doing this? Uh, so one to watch there.
1: Final thing for this um, part of the show then, the injury to Matthew Debussy, Um dislocated collarbone. And to my mind, it was uh, absolutely unnecessary from Arnautovic. Uh Debussy was in the air. He's obviously very vulnerable, uh, no balance at all. And I don't quite understand why people, particularly Arsenal fans, aren't more annoyed about this. Because if he was slightly unlucky that the landing broke or dislocated his collarbone, it was so needless and unnecessary from Arnautovic that... The consequences of that for us are, are missing a player for maybe six weeks, maybe eight weeks. Who knows how long it's it's going to take? Um, and no punishment at all for for the Stoke player. So I thought I no. thought it was a really dangerous incident. I thought it was very cynical,
0: very cynical. I didn't think it was violent particularly. No. Uh, I just thought it was. It's a situation where, as you say, Debushi's off balance. So the player, Arnautovic, knows, I think, that it's not going to be pretty. Um, and, and I think it's probably a,
1: a yellow card, would you say? No, definitely a yellow card. But I think the, the, the bigger issue is the the idea that he, well, he didn't mean to hurt him. But of course right. he didn't, really. I mean, he didn't want to like, cause the guy injury. But the the consequences of your action is that the guy has been badly injured. Yeah. Mm. Um, and he, he didn't need to do what he did. He didn't no. need to do it. And it is one of those things. Um, as somebody on the arses today on Arse Block has pointed out that in rugby union, if you tackle a guy while he's in the air, then you're, you're in serious trouble. You're, you know, you're sent off and you're likely to face disciplinary charges. So if, a, if a, a footballer is the same, I mean, you're completely vulnerable while you're in the air. When you don't have your feet on the ground and somebody barges into you or pushes into you chances yep. are you're going to hurt yourself you're going to hurt yourself or you're going to be hurt because of that so i thought that was uh, i thought that was completely unnecessary and and the consequence for us is is quite um, unfortunate
0: yeah i mean particularly in that part of the pitch as well you know where we've got that dreaded slope that we've talked about yes um, <laughs> but uh, it is a really big blow actually and i really feel for Dubushi because he done well to to, to he, he done well to come back and uh, play brilliantly, really. I mean, he's slotted straight into the back four after that ankle problem. And he's really added a lot in terms of his experience, his positional intelligence. And now we're going to be without another experienced defender for, what do we reckon, six weeks, something like that?
1: Six weeks. Um, Arsene Wenger says that it's, it's not going to affect his plans for the transfer market because he was already looking for a defender. But do you think this will expedite the the uh, the decision making that it's going to push him towards making a decision sooner rather than later
0: yeah I mean looking at his comments in the press comments I think that it has increased his sense of urgency about recruiting a centre half simply because Kieran Gibbs has got a little problem that means natural monreal has got to play left back he can't play centre back Dabushi's going to be out that means Chambers has got to play right back he can't play centre back unless you want Hector Bellerin which we'll probably come on to mm. but Uh, That leaves us with a big problem in the the middle. And as I say, when Laurent Koscielny came out for the start of the second half yesterday, he was hobbling like a guy who'd just taken a massive kick. And and I think that that is a time bomb still. He still needs to be managed. He still needs to be protected. He needs to be rested occasionally. So I think that while before the window Arsene was talking about a, a midfielder being the priority, I wonder if in the last few days we've reverted to needing a centre-back above all else.
1: Well, I think we've always needed a centre-back above all else, to be perfectly honest. So mm. uh, I would really hope... I mean, like you say, the Cassiani thing is a is a ticking time bomb. Maybe we can manage him, you know, to play every week, once a week, if he does light training and, and uh, you know, re- recuperates and gets some rehab between games. Uh, very much in Paul McGrath territory there. Yeah, very much so. Um, but, you know, I think, yeah... The the injury to Debushi means that we've got to get busy this week in in the transfer market. Um, So we'll see. I guess we'll see. Got a week, Mm. you
0: know, until the next game. Something might happen. You never
1: know. You never know. All right, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with part two and your questions right after this. Welcome
0: back to the AskCast Extra. We're going to have a look at some of your questions now. Um, And I'm going to kick off with this one from Alexander Bakken. Alexis Bakken. I don't know if his real name's Alexis or if he's just named himself in honour of his hero. His newfound Uh, hero. I imagine a generation of children would be born around the world called Alexis. It's like Um, all the homers. Exactly. I'm surprised there aren't more Thierry's. Anyway, he asked very simply... Bellerin
1: or Chambers at right-back? Bellerin or Chambers at right-back. What would I do or what do I think would the manager will do? I th- well, give me both. I think the manager will go with Chambers. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's what he's done for, for most of the season. And I think I would probably go with him too uh, because he's been he's been pretty good for the most part, had a couple of issues. I mean, I think there are... There are perhaps games where Bellerin might be better suited. At home, perhaps Bellerin might be best suited. Um, but they're interesting in that they're, they're quite different players, obviously. Uh, you know, Bellerin is short and quick and zippy into the tackle, and Chambers is just a more solid all round footballer. Um, I like what I'm seeing from Bellerin, I have to say. I have to say. Um, Super quick. Really quick. Great recovery pace. Seems to be good in the tackle. Good on the ball. Um, you know, I think there's there's real potential there. And I think the the interesting thing is that the manager has spoken a number of times how he sees Chambers as more of a player for the center of the pitch, whether that's center half or central midfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, is you know, has been pretty much forced into using him at, at right back. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think Bellerin will get a go in the cup. Um, and it was, it was good yesterday. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I like that we've got two good options there, despite the fact that our first choice right back is gone. So, at the moment, I think Chambers just slightly edges it for me, but I'm liking the way that, that Bellerin is developing.
0: Yeah, I think Chambers would start at Manchester City. Um, I mean, it's marginal in terms of experience, but I think that... Uh, That's been Arsene's preference I think that it's a bit of a mix and match situation Maybe like there are games which suit Bellerin more when we're at home When we're taking the game to the opposition I definitely think he offers more going forward Uh, And in the long run As you say I think he's He feels more like a right back I think that recovery pace is so important In that position Mm. You know, We've seen Chambers struggle struggle There slightly against Swansea and, And other sides because he hasn't quite got the same level of pace. Um, but I think in terms of pure solidity, Arsene favours Chambers for now. So I expect him to stay in the side, but Bellerin is pushing him close at present, and it'll be an interesting fight with Debussy out.
1: Yeah. All right. Here's a question from Mean Lean at Arsenal Vision, and he wants to know, what, in your opinion, would the perfect DM give us that Coquelin cannot?
0: It's a good question, that, I think. Yeah. Because one of my answers straight away, (laughs) rather foolishly, is always height. But apparently, Francis Coughlin is 5 foot 10. Right. I, I would not have guessed that. There's something about his frame that makes him appear to me like two inches shorter than that. So I have to hold my hands up on that one. That always takes me sort of off guard.
1: Yeah, height is one of the things that people always go on about, isn't it? But again, you look at um, Claude McAlealy, for example, and he's, what, he was five foot, seven, five foot eight, something like that? He's shorter yeah. than Coquelin. So it's not necessarily about height, but I think people obviously, are, are people looking for the Goldilocks DM? like they Oh, want? the Goldilocks theory again. Yeah, yeah. Well, but we know Arsene Wenger is. He's got to be tall, He's got to be quick, he's got to be powerful, he's got to be good in the air, he's got to be a hard bastard, he won't take any shit from anybody, he's got to be able to use the ball well, got to be able to shield the back four, distribute it from deep to the forwards, probably chip in with a goal or two. That is the player that people are looking for. No pressure. No pressure at all. I mean, they, they're everywhere. No, Ever? I mean, the thing, no, the height thing is, have jacket. you got one there? Now, hang on. No. How much do they want for him?
0: Uh, he's escaped. Uh, he's escaped. <laughs> they always do. All the top teams, they think they've got one, and then it crawls out through a little hole in the wall. Mm. I On the height thing, Morgan Schneiderlin is two centimetres taller than Francis Coquelin. So I suppose that is worth about 30 million quid. But I think... Um, no, no, no. I, there are things that I'm not sure Coquelin can do that I would like the, the mythical holding midfielder to do. I mean, he's part-
1: Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash blog all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash blog now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash blog Boxing wasn't
0: great yesterday. I was a bit alarmed about that. I've just double checked his percentage rate and it was 80% success rate.
1: Bit which low for Arsenal for that midfielder
0: position, yeah. is? A, yeah, it's not great, and um, there was a bit of frustration in the crowd around me about it. Which is a shame because his, his passing was spot on against Hull, was it? Yeah. Um, so I think there is room for improvement there potentially. I basically I can't quite yet tell if Cocklan is as good as he looks, and the reason is that he's a player who, unlike a lot of defence midfielders. It's quite eye-catching because he has that Flamini-esque habit of putting in a lot of tackles, physical tackles. You know, there was an interesting stat after Southampton where I think Cockland made nine tackles and Chambers officially didn't make one. And I think sometimes a tackle can mislead you because it's very visible. You're like, oh, right, well, he's doing his job. But some of these defensive midfielders... A guy like Gilberto often was just making interceptions or just, you know, stepping in front of people, marking people more intelligently than that. It's not always about the most obvious expression of defensive play. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I slightly worry that Cockland's so physical that is it, um, is it maybe making up for a lack of discipline in, or experience even mm. in his positioning on the field.
1: Did you notice a couple of a couple of tricks yesterday? A, a couple of little drag backs uh, in yeah. midfield, which I think
0: he's got nice technique, you know. I yeah. think there are he's got an ability to turn away from people. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Lasana Diarra back in the day, you know. Yeah. He he had that same kind of little neat turn, low center of gravity. Um I think that the main thing is that people people have been waiting for so long for someone in this position that, as you say, the expectations are extremely high. And I don't think with Cockland some people get over the fact that he's 24, he's been on loan at Freiburg, he's been on loan at Charlton. It just feels like a hell of a leap to suddenly be the number one midfielder. It doesn't make it impossible, but I think he's still got a lot to prove. Yeah. What about you? What what specific attributes would you be looking for that, that he hasn't shown, I guess?
1: I just think that... I, I don't know, because I've been really impressed with him, surprisingly impressed, I have to say. Hmm. Um, and I thought he deserved to keep his place yesterday after the performances that he's put in, and I think he deserves to keep his place on Sunday and Manchester City, even though that's going to be a huge, huge test for him. I think based on his performances that he's done more than Flamini uh, has done
0: yeah and that's not to
1: you know play down Flamini I just think that you know Coquelin has come in he's been given a chance and he's grabbed it and he's taken it and I think the reward for that should be that he he keeps his place in the team for a while um Maybe just the passing is is an issue. I think he's got some nice vision. He, you know, trying to pick out Theo a couple of times in the in the game against Hull, but just perhaps the the, the fact that it was only eighty percent that's a little bit of a worry um, because you need your your deepest lying midfielder to be a better distributor of the ball than that. Uh, and mm. it didn't cost us yesterday because Stoke were a bag of shit, but it might cost you if you're giving the ball away to. Uh, Yayature or Fernandinho or Fernando or Fernandito or Fernandarana <laughs> or whoever they've got in in their midfield, you know. Um, yeah. But but overall, you know, I think what you said a couple of weeks back is what sticks with me, is that we need somebody like Cocalan, but just a bit better. I think we can find a better player than than Cocalan. That's to take nothing away from him, but I think the minute that he has one or two in different games people will be well look we need a better player than that he was you know he was cast aside etc cetera, etc cetera. so you know i think in general the attributes are there and i think that if if he's into it he could be a very very decent squad player but i'm not sure that he is the linchpin of a midfield that will go on and challenge for a title or challenge for a champions league and that's what people want so that's the bar that they've been set and I'm not sure that Cockerlan is is that.
0: Did you see Gary Neville talking about it on Sky Sports yesterday?
1: No, I didn't. Why? What did, what did he say? He basically
0: said, you know, Arsenal are a good side. They play probably the best football in the the league, and which I'm I'm not sure I necessarily agree with. But he said over the last ten, fifteen years they have. Uh, and he said, but ultimately, you know, if they go to Manchester City with a holding midfield of Cockerlan and Brzezinski. Uh, that's not good enough. Um,
1: yeah, I think, and I, I think that's fair. I think that's comment. fair,
0: yeah. He he said, you know, and he also said, if you look at Southampton today, Wanyama and, and Schneidlin, he said, I, if I was Arsenal, I'd look at that and think they were probably in a superior position. You know, they probably got a, a more robust midfield there.
1: Yeah, but does does Coquelin and Ramsey work you know, I don't think K- uh, Coquelin and Rosicki... And I think it was Cazorla who played closest to Coquelin for, for, for more of that game. Yeah, and, I think that's interesting, He plays quite deep. Yeah, you know, I think maybe Coquelin and Ramsey is better. But, you know, I, I I do think it's an area of the pitch that we can improve on. Um, with no disrespect to and you know, fair play to him for coming in and doing what he's doing. But, you know, overall, maybe it's a bit like... Um, for example, if Sunogo went on, you know, scored three or four goals in four or five games, fair play and well done. But are you the guy that's good enough to, to play up top for Arsenal week in, week out? I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's like, what's the level of ambition if it is to win the the league and the Champions League? As good as Cocklands has been, I, I feel like there are better players out there and, and why shouldn't we go and get them? Mm-hmm. All right, next question. On, wi- on which note... Dun-dun-dun. <gasps> um, 82 asks, if Southampton would sell Morgan Schneiderlin for £30 million tomorrow, would you
1: sign him immediately? I don't know. Do we have £30 million? Yeah, surely. OK. so my- <sighs> I mean, not me and you. I, I just think that our bigger issue is at the center of the defense. So, I mean, I know that we need a player um, in that in that midfield position, but surely spending 30 million on Schneiderlin means you've got fuck all to spend on a central defender. Um, I'm not sure. Is he worth 30 million pounds? But then Wilfred Boney apparently is worth 30 million pounds. But is that only because Manchester City are are paying for him? I don't know. I think that's a lot of money for, for Schneiderlin. I think he's a good it, player. I like him. But 30 million? Same as you pay for Alexis?
0: It's a lot. I but
1: don't then, know. But then,
0: how many of these players are there out there? You know, it's it's that thing of, like, if someone is the missing piece in the jigsaw... Jigsaw? 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 Yeah. Tell like, it Sound like Jamie Carragher. All the saliva coming up. Um... Does it matter how much they cost?
1: Um, No, I don't suppose it should matter to us. If we can afford to pay it, then we should pay it if we think he's that player. But is he that player? How old is he? 25. Okay, got his best years ahead of him. I don't know. He's performed pretty
0: consistently in the Premier League over the last three seasons. I think... I mean, I watched him at Manchester United yesterday. I thought he was excellent. But... uh, He's not a particularly eye-catching player, I wouldn't say. He's not someone who... He's not a highlights player, so only when seeing Southampton...
1: But don't we we have enough of those? We've got the highlights players, so we need... We want an invisible wall. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, okay, if we can afford to do it, and if he's available, which I don't think he is in January anyway, um, yeah, why wouldn't we do it if we think he's that player? I suppose what Ali might be driving that, just sort of trying to guess someone's mind. Should we try and prize him away from Southampton? Yeah, I think it's a than... thing of,
0: like, do you throw money
1: at the problem? Hmm. Yeah. It's a good question. I don't know. I mean, would he be inclined to move at this point? Because Southampton are having a brilliant season. They're having a great time. And that, well, Yeah, you know... A, there, there is more to, to football than just money and and everything else. Maybe not for this guy, or maybe not for some people. But you know, if you're if you're in a team that you've been in, how long has he been at since two thousand and eight? Long time. So he's been there for for uh, you know six years now, and this must be tremendous fun for them. It must be great you know, to, to beat Manchester United, to beat Arsenal, to draw with Chelsea, to be in the top four, to be playing consistently well since the start of the season. That you must be thinking, OK, well, maybe we could do something between now and May. And in May, I can either dig what we did and, and get on with it, or I can say, OK, that was a fantastic experience. I've had a great time here, and I'll move on. But I don't think at this point in time, A, Southampton would even... Countenance letting him go, regardless of the fee, and B, I'm not sure that he would want to move. Mm.
0: So that's well, interesting, isn't it? Because there's some reports in the I think it was the Telegraph this week that he is, you know, a big target for the summer. But if Southampton do make the top four, I don't know would he want to stick around? Mm. See what that's like. So see if he can take them into the Champions League. So interesting one. I mean, I I do feel like. If the Wilfred Boney tells you anything Apart from the fact that some transfer fees are Very inflated It's that You can buy a lot of people Halfway through a season If you pay enough uh, I think Arsenal could learn a thing or two from that But I don't expect them to
1: Yeah Yeah I mean like, pay- I don't have a problem
0: with paying too much money for someone No, Me I- as a fan I'm like No odds to me I, I couldn't
1: care less no, do you I, know get, what I mean, I get that. I do get that, but you know, um, yeah, I just don't see the club changing their ways in the, in in that sense. You know, that no, we, of we've never so. really paid over the odds for for a player, perhaps. I don't know, maybe even Ozil, maybe a little bit. But, you know, given the circumstances and given the, the stature of the player at the time and the market that he was moving in, I don't think you could say it was it was uh, too expensive for what it was at the time. I even if he hasn't was. worked out? No, I don't think so either. Um, and Arsene but Arson did,
0: was, I think. He said we paid a little bit more than I was would usually be comfortable with.
1: Well, of course, because he never spent more than thirteen million quid, and he's only, all of a sudden he's spending forty two and a half million. No wonder he must have been rocking back and forward in his office, just going oh shaking, my God, yeah, sweating. Jesus. What's happening? What's happening? Like taking. I mean, a- look, we
0: did our we did our projected spends for January last week, and I don't think it will be anything like thirty million. No, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Interesting one. It's sort of an interesting question, isn't it? It's like if, if someone's the right guy, does it really matter what you pay?
1: I don't know. Well, I, it matters if it has an impact on other things that you want to do. That's when that's it matters. True. That's that if you want to bring in a good centre half and you've only got £5 left because you spent £30 million on a guy who fits into uh, the team in a way that you want, I mean, you, you know, that's that's the thing. You kind of have to look at the, the overall picture rather than say okay well we've got this much money and we could fix one area of the pitch by spending all of it on one guy but how does that leave us for the other parts hmm. you know so i think that that has an impact too and i don't, so know, I, don't you know, I, know I don't pretend to know what our transfer uh, um what's the, the war chest is i've got no idea just don't but i would imagine that 30 million pounds on schneiderlin would pretty much see us out of out of uh, out of action.
0: Yeah, I would think so, probably. And also, the other thing I don't fully understand is about sort of allocation of spending. You know, if we spend that this season, does it affect us for FFP in any way? That it wouldn't if we spend it in the summer and all that. Mm. I don't. Under- I, I'll be. Cl- I'll be clear. I don't understand that at all.
1: All right. Where's, yeah. Swiss, where's Swiss Ramble when we need him? Yeah, exactly. No, I haven't got a clue uh, about how it all works. Finances for me are like, I don't know. Uh, Greek
0: I think it is over a three year period or something so maybe it doesn't really matter but anyway interesting debate
1: yes so, okay. next question next question um okay this one comes from Marriott at Marriott Molmonth Molmonth okay. anyway she wants to know where would you deploy Macedozel and Santi Cazorla against Manchester City would you play the two of them against Manchester City and, and does Macedozel have to start
0: uh, not for me no I would not start Mesut at Manchester City I would keep Santi Cazorla where he's been playing very well and I would probably keep Alexis and Oxlade Chamberlain wide um, I think Danny Welbeck's got a small chance of coming in just because of how much he offers sort of going the other way as it were but uh, I don't think Ozil will start I think Arsene suggested it might take him a couple of weeks to get used to contact again. And I think that throwing him in at the Etihad would be a little bit risky. So I'd keep him on the bench for now.
1: What about you? In the long run, I'll I'll touch on that in a second. Uh, In the long run, is there room for both of them in the same team?
0: I think so. How? I, I think it will result in Santi Cazorla being shifted about. But I think he copes with that much better than Meza Ozil does. I think he offers you a versatility that Ozil doesn't really. I mean, I think Ozil thrives in that number 10 role. I think he's got one goal and two assists this season and they've all come when playing through the middle. Um, Santi's best performances have come through the middle, but I think he's got an ability to turn in either direction that helps him when he's playing in a wide position. I think he's just a little bit more comfortable out there. So I think if Arsene does want to play both, that's how he'll do it. Probably with Cazorla cutting in from the left. But I don't think it'll happen all the time. I think that uh, as a rule, he'll stick with guys like Alexis and Oxlade-Chamberlain wide. Mm. So they may have to rotate or even compete. But at the moment, I can't see a a case for taking Cazorla out of the team.
1: I would agree with you. I think it's uh, too early in his comeback as well to... To, to start him against Manchester City. And, you know, the, the, the last couple of games we've played pretty well because Orla is on form. And I think maybe what you want when you go to Man City with the team that we're going to go with, assuming we don't get any more injuries during the week, you want the ability to change the game from the bench. You want to have mm-hmm. that, which we, which we do then if we have Ozil, if we have Theo Walcott, who I also think should start on the bench against, uh, against City. I think you've got two quite dangerous weapons there. And in terms of their own comebacks and in terms of their physical readiness and preparation, you know, I think this is going to be one of our most difficult games of the season. I think, you know, if we need them with 20, 25 minutes to go, um, then Arsene Wenger can throw on Chuba Akpom with six minutes to go and everything will be fine. I say we're in
0: the game with 25 minutes to go. That would progress. Um... Right, another one? Yeah, one more. Let's go. Okay. key. Um, OK, well, we, we talked about this earlier. This is from uh, Bjorn Jervil Hansen. He just asks, how long do you think Wenger should punish Chesney for his smoking?
1: Yeah, I mean, as we touched on, I think it's, I think it's down to Ospina to drop the baton, basically. I think it's if Ospina continues to play well, kept the clean sheet yesterday, didn't look particularly bothered by Stoke, not that they troubled him unduly, but you know, I think if Ospina continues to play well, then he'll keep the, he'll keep the number one uh, position. Simple as that. I mean, I think the, the punishment is such that you know it's the only way that you can really punish a professional footballer these days is by leaving him out of the team. For some mm. players, you can't punish them at all. Like if Alexis, if Arsene Wenger went into the dressing room and Alexis was standing there jacking up on heroin and beating orphans around the head with a hammer, well, can you Allegedly. find him? Can you fine him? Yeah, you can fine him. What difference does that make? None. Can you leave him out of the team? No, you can't because he's so important. But if you have an option, as Wenger did with Ospina, then you can, then you can um, inflict a punishment that way.
0: It's particularly start with a goalkeeper isn't it because he's not going to get off the bench unless there's an injury or a sending off. Yeah. Um you know he's got he's really got to bide his time. Would you venture a prediction how long he'll be there?
1: I think I think that Chesney is one of those players for whom things tend to things tend to fall their way a little bit. Right. Because if you remember, when he first got his his first run in the team, it was just before a game at Old Trafford, I think. It was not yeah. And he took a shot, warming up Fabianski, and Fabianski injured his shoulder and was out for X amount of time, like ages. So he gets back, he gets a run in the team, establishes himself as number one, has that little moment... Uh, where things didn't go well, needed to kick up the arse, as you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Fabianski came back in. I think he kept maybe three clean sheets out of five games, something like mm-hmm. that, then injured. So Szczesny comes back in, and it was a, a, a much more focused, a much better Szczesny. So throughout his career, he's had this, I don't know, the road has risen for him, you know? And it wouldn't surprise me if Ospina did well for two or three or five games and then got injured. And Chesney came back in and performed a lot better. So, I, I mean, I think it's really down to to circumstance. really is. Um, he'll, ser-
0: he'll certainly be smashing those shots at Ospina in the warm-ups. Yeah, he'll be
1: fucking legging them, We're using bowling balls and all kinds.
0: Yeah. So. Trying to get P- Podolsky back to help.
1: Yeah, him. I don't know. I mean, it's impossible to say, but it's really down. Ospina has has it now, and it's up to him to lose it. And if doesn't so gets it back, then then it's up to him to keep it. Listen, this
0: story all originated with uh, with John Janssen, of all people. And when he initially broke it, and said there'd been a bust up in the dressing room and all this. He said Chesney won't play for Arsenal again this season. I think that was think something. That, any truth in that? No,
1: I think that was something that was mistranslated in the in in the immediate aftermath of that story coming out. From what I can gather, he didn't necessarily say that. It ah, was okay. it was a bit mistranslated, and um, you know that that's taken on a life of its own. But interesting. I I, I do wonder about that though. When Arsene Wenger's comment at the press conference last Friday was really funny where he said, you know, anything that happens in our dressing room should stay in the dressing room, apart from the fact it doesn't stay in our dressing room. And clearly, if John Jensen is telling stories on Danish TV saying, Steve Bold told me this, doesn't reflect very well on Steve Bold, does it? I mean, he could Mm, easily just say, I have heard from... A good source a, that something a, happened. A tall, bold source. Yeah. <laughs> Whose name rhymes with Meave Mould. Yeah. <laughs> I leave you to work out who it might be. Um, you know, I don't think that necessarily reflects well on, on Steve Bold. Well, not that it doesn't reflect... Because stuff happens and people talk. We know that all the time. It doesn't reflect well on John Jensen, I should say. That if if you, were, um, if you were looking for somebody to keep a secret... He would not be the guy, would he? He'd not be high on my list. No. no. Don't, do tell, you think, don't tell anyone, but... And then a minute later, he's on Danish TV wearing a wearing a dress. Is there a... Is I don't know any, why he's wearing a dress. I don't know, and I don't just know what to, he's like going to tell them about me. Wow. Well.
0: That requires him to wear a dress to wear. Um, but there you go. Uh, do you think there's any... There's a bit of conspiracy theory. Do you think there's any benefit to Arsenal in having that story out there?
1: Do you think there's any sense which this may have been a deliberate leak? It's certainly possible. It's certainly possible. Um, but... Yeah, I... I, I mean, I, I can't really I work really out
0: why that would be good.
1: No, me neither. You'd like things to stay internal, but maybe there have been internal attempts to stop certain behaviour in the dressing room or, or things like players smoking, and maybe... Maybe it maybe hasn't Steve worked. Bold isn't enamoured with yeah some aspects of Voice of Chesney's character. Well, that, I don't that, know. That, that could well be it. You know that okay. Look, we've tried to deal with this internally, but it's still going on. And now you've crossed a line to a certain extent by doing it in the dressing room while the manager is fucked off at you because you've made a bollocks of two goals. Mm. Um, here, have a bit of this. Possibly, it is interesting how fully formed
0: the story sort of eventually came into the world. Mm.
1: All right, have we got time for one more? Yeah, of course, yeah. All right. um, This one comes from Martin F. at MF And he says, if you could make a super player using attributes from three previous Arsenal players, what would you use?
0: Okay, attributes, not body parts. This isn't like a Frankenstein.
1: No, 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 no. There's no sawing of limbs or, or organs or any of that. It's a shame, because there must be plenty of those lying around the treatment room. Oh, they've yeah, yeah, buckets of them. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Could use them to rebuild Abu Dhabi. I would... And I can, I can go back as far as I like, can I?
1: You can do whatever you like. It's,
0: you've got free reign here, man. OK, wonderful. Um, well, I'd probably take... Is it three players? Three players. Three players, any attribute? Right. I think I would take the grace and skill, and that's two attributes, of Thierry Henry. Okay, I think that's pretty much unsurpassed, his sort of ability to glide past people on the ball. I'd, I'd want the vision of Dennis Bergkamp and the work ethic of Alexis Sanchez. I'd get a genetic bit of code from each of those players, shove it in a test tube and put it up front so
1: you're making a, like a super forward a super striker
0: yeah I mean even though we don't need one they're just the players that you know excite me mm. uh, so that's what I'd probably go for you're going to be more practical you're going to solve a problem that we actually have
1: yeah ah interesting right so I've got the the midfieldness is that an attribute Can I'm sure that? it is I mean, it's definitely on FIFA yeah. you know yeah midfieldness 19 exactly out of 20 of uh, of the the box to boxness of oh, right. of Patrick Vieira, Oof. the the passing ability and vision of of Cesc Fabregas, who uh, Cesc Fabregas,
0: uh, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: don't know who he is. I blocked it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've heard he used to play for us, but... Shh. and uh, the leadership qualities of uh, Tony Adams. And I think Lonely that would me. provide the 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 midfield linchpin that everybody would be looking for. Yeah, come on, Coughlin, that's what we need. Yeah, get your fucking get sorted out, Coughlin. Get your thumb out your ass and be a combination of Cesc Fabregas,
0: Tony Adams, and Patrick Vieira. And then he's then, then we'll take you seriously. <laughs> so yeah, that
1: would be my that would
0: be my super player.
1: That would be uh, that would be a good one. Fair enough. You could also have the mustache of David Seaman. That would be excellent. That would be good. You could the have the braids it, of Baccary Sanya. the braids of Baccary Sanya and the the handsomeness of Robert Pirès. Now, I'm Ooh. not sure how those three things would go together. You know, I mean, could they work? Is it possible that you could have the moustache, the braids, and that handsomeness? I think or would, you'd would you have to be like, that
0: handsome to pull off the moustache and the braids? To would be you honest.
1: just look like the guy from Eastbound and Down?
0: Yeah, very possibly. <laughs> Very, very possible. I saw your, your mate Bobby P yesterday up in his, up in the box with Thierry.
1: Yeah, so they kept showing him on the tally every did time Arsenal did something good. They showed the two of them,
0: just looking on like looking angels. On going, that was good. Yeah, yeah. God, N- nice moment when uh, Theo Walcott went through and missed, and the crowd turned and sang to Omri. You would have scored that. Oh, did they? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I suspect he probably would have done.
1: Uh, I suspect I would have.
0: Yeah. yeah, he's no. not got his shooting boots on yet, as is he? you know, No, he's he's left them somewhere in the, the physio department.
1: All right, we're going to leave it there for this week's uh, Arsecast Extra. Thank you as always for listening. Thank you for all your questions that you sent to us on Twitter. We can't obviously get to them all, but uh, we do appreciate it. Arscast mm-hmm. will be here on Friday. We'll be back next Monday to um, to talk about the famous victory over Manchester City. Until then, have a good one.
0: Can't wait. Bye bye. <laughs>